Good morning and welcome to After the Gig. As I'm recording this, it's actually Monday night and it's a stormy night in Jamestown, Rhode Island. But I am very excited because I have the wonderful Elsa Dressig on the show today and uh, we discussed her new album, Mozart Times 3, um, amongst many, many other things. But it was really, really a pleasure to get to speak with her. But before we get into it, you can always email into the show at afterthegigpod at gmail.com. But most importantly, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. It helps a great deal. You can also head over to the After the Gig YouTube page and subscribe there as well, if you'd like. But without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with the lovely Elsa Dressing. Hi, how you doing, Elsa? Hey, I'm fine. Thank you very much. It's great to meet you. Yeah, the same. Thank you. <laughs> it's so funny how just a little over a week ago, this was just a weird internet uh, <laughs> Instagram comment that turned into this. This is awesome. Thank you so much for doing it. I'm I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you have a busy schedule coming up because you have uh, an album that you're releasing. Yes, tomorrow is the is the release of the album. And so, uh, of course, you have to be, yeah, you have to be ready to do interview for the album and you have to prepare interviews and stuff like that. But the big job is already done. It has, it's, it's recorded. So it's, it's now it's, it's only the, the fun part of just <laughs> trying to share, to share it with as many pe people as possible. So what, what are some of the other like questions that you get from people that are asking about your I must say the most asked the question until now is um, how did the concept of the album come out? Like, okay. why did I only sing some Mozart aria and why is it only, you know, the title of the album is Mozart um, multiplié? How do you say that in in, in, in English? Like, Could, couldn't tell you. Multi multiplied by three? Oh, multiplied by three, yeah. Time, times <laughs> three. Times three, times, yeah. Times three. So people, of course, are interested about the concept of this album. So this is the major question coming. And then, of course, my relation to Mozart, to singing those aria, and uh, why am I singing Mozart, those kind of questions. And it's every time is different. This is why I found sometimes, of course, interviews are tiring, but also very interesting because I find myself always... Uh, finding other response and improvising and I find I find it actually quite entertaining and fun to do nice um what is your particular fascination with Mozart I mean it's obvious he's mm -hmm. one of the greatest composers of of all in history but uh um what I, you yeah. and you in particular like what what brought you to that music and and what interests you about it mm-hmm I think uh, so. I was born in a in a musician family. My mother was an opera singer, and and my father, and my aunt, and my cousin. We are a lot of soprano <laughs> in this family. So I must say, Mozart was of course like having uh, you know milk as a child. It was you have some Mozart here, so it was really uh, spontaneous and natural. And um, and of course, already as a child, his music spoke to me. In in most of all, with uh, the Zauberflöte, the magic flute, 
-hmm. this was the opera who really hit me also as a child. And um, and actually, I did my debut on stage with Pamina. I did also some uh, when I was a child. I also sung in the in the magic flute as the one of the three child in the opera. So actually, it 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 has been the composer that follows me from the longest time ever. And um, my mother also. She she always um, say that when I was when I was in her belly when I when she was singing Mozart I was super calm she could feel the connection, <laughs> but when she was to some modern music contemporary music I was heating so bad <laughs> that she needed to go out from the room so yeah. I don't know if it's a true story but she likes to tell that so I feel I have a special connection with Mozart and of course also being um, a lyric soprano we can we can discuss that later also but. To be a lyric soprano with my temper and my and my personality, Mozart just is a gift because there is there are some of the most complex and rich personality of some of, um, woman he wrote. Right. Um, how can I say that the the woman he he wrote for the, mm -hmm. the, the the voice and the character are so interesting and it just fits my personality and my voice so. Of course, I have to sing it. <laughs> and he was he was quite a character himself. So mm -hmm. it's it's you know kind of fitting that it turn it turns out that way in the music. Yes, yes, and I feel really when you know when you sometimes people say that Mozart can be um, misogyne mis misogynist and he didn't write to women right. in the in a fair way because of course the society two century ago it was the woman didn't have the the great opportunity to speak out like um, men right. had, has but I found Mozart actually really respectful and actually super modern in his way of doing uh, doing opera the way he writes to to, to with the, the text the way he he put the music also he just wrote the most beautiful arias for women mm. it's 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 true <laughs> we have the no. best music so I mean <laughs> he must have loved women and I feel it's never um you know it's never um, uh just um ah two dimension there is always three dimension in his right. music and also in the character and i found it's always such a deep universe to to dive in and i i must say i have when i read his uh, libretto when i read the text from the opera i am always surprised about the modernity of of it I'm always I'm always fascinated by how how literal the lyrics and the stories are in in arias and operatic music and and stuff like mm -hmm. that. It's very it's very literal. It's like they're speaking to one another and and you see yeah. them on stage. And I remember here like seeing a translation of of some lyrics. I can't remember what what the the piece was, but I was like, "Oh, it's it's like they're just talking to each other." You know, it's very <laughs> it's very interesting and but it sounds incredible. It sounds beautiful. Yes. Um how important is it for you to have that kind of connection with uh a piece that you're performing or um with with uh with a composer that uh, of a piece that you're performing? Like how important is that? Do you ever have times where you know, you might not like the piece, um, even if it's not Mozart, mm. but if, if it's something that uh, you have to do um, mm. in order to perform. Well, this is a real question because, um, well, 
my instinct, I, I have never been in the situation where I didn't like the role I, I had to interpret or had to sing. You've, ne- you've, I, nev- you've never not enjoyed that? No, that, no. Wow, that's impressive. I have always loved everyone. I had some perhaps little issues with some of them, like Salina in Don Giovanni was a role I had to learn to love a little bit and to respect a little bit more. But actually with the age now and with, with the... Um, I, I actually I gave myself a rule. It's to always respect and give the most um, the, the, a lot of complexity to all the character I have to I have to sing and I am singing. Mm-hmm. To not say ah oh, this one is less interesting or oh, this one she's more she's more stupid or oh, she's more blah blah blah. I really come. I, I set myself and I say if this opera exists, it's because all the character are rich and interesting and complex. And you have to find the way to find it, to understand it. Sometimes you need a little bit more time. Sometimes the the door is really easy to open and sometimes it's a little bit more difficult. But I, I, I don't think I can defend and I can share my love for music and for opera if I myself don't respect the woman or sometimes the men, but in my case, I, I'm singing more <laughs> women role. Right. Uh, uh, I can't, I can't share my love if I don't respect the character and I'm singing. So I must say, I, when I have difficulty, I accept that it's me that is not finding the right path and, or finding the right way to find the, the, the richness in the character I'm singing, but I don't, I never think, oh, this is a bad character. Right. I, I, Cause I guess every because character. I can't share. Right. Yeah, I guess every character has has their particular role to play in the story. So precisely finding finding that and and putting yourself into it is pretty paramount to to mm-hmm. you know. And I'm sure the audience can can really feel it and really tell if someone in particular is not particularly into the character or into of what course. they're doing. Um, but I can't. I am I can, very sensitive for that. Are you okay? So, have you ever yeah. been? In, have you ever been in the situation where you can really tell that someone is is not pulling their weight or not mm-hmm. doing it? I mean, I've been in that yes. situation plenty of times. I am. Me too. Me too. Yeah. And it's difficult because I have such a love for opera, and this is my whole life, and it's going to be my whole life. I know, yeah. but I must say, and um, I know it can sound a little bit hard, but. Sometimes I go to the opera and even if it's a masterpiece from Mozart or Puccini or Verdi, if the interpretation is not good enough, if I don't feel that the singer care, really care, you know, about the singers care about what they are doing Mm -hmm. fully, I need to go because I don't feel respected as a public at this moment. I feel they are somehow cheating. Of course, the most important is to have a voice it's mm-hmm. our it's our job is to be singer is not to be actors but still when i feel that the interpretation the physical interpretation the incarnation we say in french incarnation yeah if i don't feel it even i can disagree that is fine but if i don't feel it then i i, I feel uh uh cheating on and i don't want to stay so um of course, having someone that have a great interpretation and uh, musicality, but the voice is not so beautiful, it's also a shame. You need some beauty in the voice, right. but only a beautiful and powerful powerful voice won't bring me as much joy if it's not 
um, put together with a great incarnation and interpretation. Do you say incarnation in English or am I just saying yeah. a weird word? Yeah. No, no, yeah, we say incarnation. Yeah, I've never, okay. I've never, I've never heard it in that context, but it makes perfect sense. Um, cause I mean, yeah, if it's so painfully obvious to know if someone hasn't put the work in, if, if someone hasn't, um, doesn't have a connection to that role. Yeah. It's just so obvious. And I mean, you know, I imagine like you're saying, you put so much work and effort into what you do that when you see someone else doing it, it's almost, yeah. it's almost like surrounding yourself with negative people. <laughs> like you don't, mm, I see. you don't want to, you want, don't want any part of it. You're like, you no, want to and actually, continue to raise your level. Yeah, and actually, I also feel that it's kind of the duty of being, okay, I dare using this big word, but an artist. It's also to to know that you have the responsibility to be as good and high, as high than the masterpiece you are interpreting. And so I feel really to not put as much um intelligence in my interpretation of one role for example contessa or Elvira, someone from mozart right as this masterpiece is asking me to have then i feel that i am not i am not fair either and it's not so much about i don't say you have to work thousands of hours and there is something about morality that you need to have been working as many hours to be legitimate no it's not about the hours it's actually more about first of all the integrity you put in your work and the intensity it can be actually sometimes i learn a role in two weeks and this mm -hmm. is a quite short time to learn a whole role but i put as much integrity and uh, uh, um, intensity um than if my life depends on it you know so it's really it's i i don't do this like it's something oh it's just a role to learn i know that i learned the notes and this is it mm -hmm. i feel i need to respect the the the, the composer and the librettist yeah. and um it's actually also sometimes just to, to have an open mind and to be to accept that tradition have give some answers that sometimes are not the true answers and Tradition in opera is quite a heavy, heavy wall. It seems like I mean, it's, it's. It seems like it's everything. To, to it's everything practice. sometimes, yeah. and this is the problem because tradition is not uh, the truth. It's not the same. Tradition is an interpretation that has been decided from some powerful person who has just continue, continue. Sometimes it's great because sometimes you really ha you really feel that oh, this tradition has really brought something to the piece and i i want to continue this tradition but just accepting some of them like saying oh this is this is have been done 200 times so it's done like that now this is something i don't accept so when i open a score i really try to forget about tradition i really try to forget how was this role done before i i care about it i care about this whole uh, history of interpretation but then I really go into the text and into the story, the real core of it, so that I find my truth, but also what I feel is respecting the most, the, 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 the masterpiece or the opera or whatever you can call it that you have to sing. Right. A lot of people mistake tradition 
with foundation. So mm, if completely, yeah. So if if something was done one way, and like you said, that's a really nice, really great way of putting it. That uh, it was one powerful person that just kept on going and going and going, and we see it in in pretty much all walks of life. You see that a lot in in sports. You see that a lot in uh, particularly. American uh, baseball, which is like the most boring. I love it, but it's it's the most boring thing in the world. And there's these old guys that keep hanging on to the way it used to be, and they can't move forward. They can't, and and then it's dying. It dies. It's the same thing with um, your publicist mentioned that you have a, an interest in jazz music, but jazz music mm-hmm. is a lot like that, um, mm-hmm. where there's the traditional jazz form. And there's the, um, you know, the uh, the real book with all the all the the pieces. And if you go astray from any of that, if you know, having a good foundation in anything is very important. You need to understand mm-hmm. where things came from in order mm-hmm. to add your voice and change things. Um, so I guess a lot of it is like they want to make sure that you that you know the history and that you know what it was like before you start doing your own thing to it. But um, yeah, I think, I think that's really interesting. I never thought of, of mute, like music, uh, uh, like opera like that, which I guess it, it makes complete sense that you would have to yeah. put your own. Because like you, like you say, sometimes people take this tradition as the finality of this interpretation and it's just like, this take is how it, like, it has to be precisely. And this is the rule. And right. And that sometimes for me, it's taking shortcuts instead of accepting the long road, road and accepting the digestion of a masterpiece of an opera who takes time. It's, it's a long, actually, when you dive into a whole new world from what is an opera like uh, Don Giovanni or um, La Boheme, Puccini, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big, big thing. You go into it mm-hmm. and you have to... you 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 have to accept that sometimes you don't understand a sentence by just reading it once and just make your idea quickly about a, a, a piece. And I think sometimes tradition is for some p- person and some people a way of doing shortcuts and going quicker to the final point. And um, I like to see process. And I actually, what I prefer in music is the process. I of course, the, the 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 when you are on stage and when you sing in front of the public, is where you get it's the most um, gratifying moment when it goes well. When it goes wrong, then it's very it's painful. But when it goes well, it's very gratifying. But this is not where I myself am um, the most. Um, uh, where, where the most challenging part of my life. The most challenging part of my life life is in during the process of right. discovering a role, learning the score, learning who is this character, what I want to be, and dive into this character and build up the character as truly as as sincerely as I can and as I try to do. This is where it gets sometimes very hard and where some of your times you doubt. Sometimes you say, I'm never going to succeed. Sometimes you ask yourself, is this the right direction? Am I completely wrong? And stuff like that. And um, this is where it's, it's super interesting because it's, it's actually when I'm singing a role, 
my life become actually the learning of this role. So when I am learning Elvira Don Giovanni, for example, which I am doing right now, well, it's suddenly all the question I'm giving into my discovering of this character becomes also some question that are nourishing my own life. And then it's super interesting because it's, it's such a, a beautiful, powerful and colorful way of living your life. And I have the chance that I can put all those character into my own life. And also it doesn't mean I have to uh, recognize myself in those characters. It can be woman that has nothing to do with me. And actually this is quite funny to play and also quite exciting. Yeah. But somehow the process and the way I learn the role, this always tells me something where I am, who I am, what I don't understand still, what I have learned, where I want to go. It always show me the and gives me or ask me the right questions. And this is this is where opera becomes such a, a passionate way of living your own life. <laughs> yeah. Now you have a background in in theater too. Uh, right? Yes. I, yes, I, I read that correctly. <laughs> um, you did. <laughs> excuse me. Um, so now, did that, do most uh, opera singers have that kind of background? It, it would seem with the costumes and the, and all of the, the sets behind, you know, all, all mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Um, it would seem that that would be a pretty good prerequisite to mm -hmm. being, being an opera singer as well as having the incredible voice. Um, but what role did theater play for you and how important, mm -hmm. how important is that for your, um, for your career going forward? Well, I, I personal, personally think this is a very important thing for me. I don't say this is a, well, see, I think it's a must, but at, at the end, everyone is free to do the way they want to. So but it's different in my from case, everyone. Not, not everybody is like that. Or not no, everyone has that. Background. I really, I speak with some colleagues who are tired of how, how important the staging becomes now because stage director has more and more power. Today, stage director in opera has even more power than a conductor. And this was not the case before. Before the conductor was really, you know, the big, big that was um, a person. power. Yeah, precisely. Mm. And now the, the stage director is becoming very powerful. And sometimes the stage director choose the singers he wants to work with. It's not only the, com the, the uh, conductor. So some singers, and I also understand them, but I don't share the, the, their feeling, they say now it's uh, we have to jump, we have to run, we have to do this and this, and it destroys the voice, and it's more complicated, and blah blah blah. And we are not actors, we are singers, and they feel that there is a separation. Mm -hmm. I myself, I discover as a child because I I was my home was opera, so I was nearly every day at the opera house, either running away from every, not running away, but running around, <laughs> you know, costume, running away perhaps of life. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if this was a slip, but so running around <laughs> in the costume, in, in, in the makeup um, part, and then in the public. And I, I, it was really a, 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 play, a playground for me. But right. I also felt when I was in, in the public, I really felt the difference between the singers who were 
good actors and the singer who were not. And it's not about running around, jumping. It's nothing actually you can be excellent without doing one thing. It's right. it's something in yourself, in your belly, in your in your the heart. Express- the expression. The expression. You know, I'm, I'm thinking yes, of... Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, I have, you know, visions in my head of like seeing mm-hmm. opera singers and just like the expressions and the feeling behind it, you know, and usually it's this, you know, big fat guy who is, <laughs> who is on stage that's just like powerful and you really, yeah. you really see it. But a lot of, a lot of what I hear and what you're saying is, is might be part of that um, uh, kind of getting away from the traditional we're all just going to stand mm. up here and sing, you know, um, how to make it more exciting for a new, new, yeah. young, younger audience, maybe. Um, Precise, but also just actually not only for young, for everyone. I feel it's again, right. it's a question of respect. It's actually accepting that the public are, uh, they matter. They, they have to be taken care of in the way that I don't want to, to just, for example, interpret Mimi interpret interpretate Mimi or uh, Traviata or Elvira without with just you know crying a bit and putting my arm uh, up in the sky because oh this is very expressive because I I don't my myself I am not I I don't think about what am I saying what I am sing what am I singing what what is the point of all this opera because if the opera exists it's because there is a deep story behind without the story the, the opera will not exist otherwise you just do concerts and this yeah. is a whole other thing so um i really found it's my it's my way of being able to speak directly to the public because if i if i just use my voice for the finality of having a beautiful voice or having a powerful voice then I, I don't feel how I can create a connection. Mm-hmm. Somehow I feel that my key is not a key, that is not the right word, but my my um, my role as a singer is to um, be able to give my vision of the character and my singing thanks to my voice and my body. I don't I don't feel that the whole part of my life should be my voice. This is this is right. not how I feel. I, I think this is very personal. And I have been working with other singers who has built their whole career uh, only on their voice. But I feel this is not my path. And if I can make a difference, perhaps my little difference in this opera world, it will be about the interpretation of a role. Because powerful voice, very beautiful voice, there are plenty of it. And it's actually... Uh, not where I feel I can make a difference. So I, and this was very instinctive because really as a child, I, I, I took this decision. I really told myself, you have to be a singer that feels free on stage, that feel free to move and feel f- free, you know, good in your body. Good. You, you, it's a question of, um, uh, it's it's again. It's not a question. I am not able to dance, and I am not good at many many things. So it's not mm-hmm. about being fit and a dancer and everything. This is not what I'm the the, the body I'm speaking about. But there is something with it's being com- being comfortable in your own in, in your own in skin your own body. And, and being and being yeah. able to commit to 
being on stage and commit stage. to, to yeah. being to being another another essentially a character you know commit to yes. that and um and finding finding and tapping into the roles that you're doing so you don't you don't think right. about it you're just you're just up there doing it you've already put the work in you just go up on stage and you're comfortable you you know you're confident and you know in what you're supposed to do to connect be able yeah, to and you don't do people. a and you don't do a weird gesture that doesn't mean anything, but you, you know, there is a lot of, there are a lot of singers, they use their hands, but yeah. without noticing. So sometimes you see a left hand there up in the sky and another, the right on the heart and stuff like that. And you yeah. feel those hands have no meaning. You feel they are empty. It's empty hands. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Actually, you don't feel there is a connection with the singing voice, with the character and with the moves. So this is actually what I what I care about because I feel this this give a totality to the opera and to the to the art to this amazing art form. Right. You have to have intention, intention rather than mm -hmm. just being up there and and going, you know, and just doing whatever. Yeah, that's important. I mean, a lot of people don't think about that like body movement, being on stage and how important it is uh how you walk, where you go, where your where your hands go. And um, it's in, it's incredibly important. It's incredibly important. How old were you when you had that that moment when you decided I'm going to be a singer? <laughs> you know, because I mean, imagine like you said, your your parents you you grew up in a very musical household, but it, it feels like like opera is a whole other thing. You like mm. you you have to have a, 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 an exceptional voice and. Um, you have to be very self-aware of that voice. Mm. And I imagine that, mm -hmm. you know, I want, <laughs> I'm very wondering if, if, if your parents were, uh, were like honest with you when you were young, whether, whether you had the skill, whether they knew you mm. had the skill, um, and whether you could take it to the next level and make it a career like you have. Yes. Um, but I'm very, very interested in like <laughs> young, young Elsa, like running around yes. the house and singing <laughs> and what that was like. Well, I have a memory. Um, like when I was a child, four or five years old, I, I was singing a lot in front of the mirror. And okay. um, I actually adored my voice it was really it was the most beautiful thing on earth it was singing and i always thought what a beautiful voice you have and then suddenly, <laughs> suddenly <That's incredible>. some... <laughs> it was really such a joy really it was amazing and i i really felt indestructible and i felt powerful and this was really thanks to my voice and um school was never an easy place for me I was I was an okay student but I was I had to work a lot to have the same level that some people had like naturally and so I was not specially shining in school but I was shining on stage already as a child I, and I found because very quickly and this was a, the, the chance I got very quickly people came to me and say you have something special and this gives confidence of course because you like you say you have to be a little bit self-aware about your voice and to have a little bit of confidence before jumping into this crazy life because if you are yourself unsure and if people are pushing but you are a little bit unsure then it can be very painful because at some point even if you are doubting even if i am doubting every day i sh i swear every day i am 
waking up and am I, I'm wondering, am I going to be able to sing today? It's a true question every day. But I never doubt about the fact that I am an opera singer and I never doubt about the fact I want to sing and I love singing. Mm -hmm. So this is two different things. So doubts, it's very healthy, I think, and I, and I can't do without anyway. So this is the truth of my life. But I know deep down, deep down in my belly, that this was and this is my life. So you have to, to have this confidence. But of course, when you have outside people that gives you confirmation of your own confidence, then it's wonderful because then you know, okay, I have something. I also knew it myself, but now I'm even more sure. And then comes the teenager age. And this is a very tricky moment because <laughs> I started to record myself a little bit, you know, starting to record also my singing lesson. And I started to hate my voice. <laughs> <This> was <laughs> I was wondering the- when this was coming because I'm like, I think I have a pretty good singing voice. And I, and the first time I heard, heard it, like after recording, I was like, oh my God, I'm oh horrible. God. <laughs> <laughs> like who would ever listen so- to that? <laughs> so you need you need to it's an education also to be able able to listen to your own voice because it's a real difference than what right. you hear in your body and what right. is really shining outside of you. So But don't you I find it to, don't you find it very in, sorry to interrupt you. Don't sorry, no don't, don't you find it very interesting how over, like the first time you hear your own voice you hate it it's the worst thing mm. in the world and then the more and more you do it because obviously you love to sing and, and all that um but the more and more you do it the more you can kind of interpret what mm. it sounds to you and knowing what it's going to sound like to other people yes. the, it's like it starts you start here and then it actually sounds like this and then eventually it ends up like this you know, yeah, you, you know, you know where you stand. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's an education again. So it's, I think the the to give to have the best feeling of your voice. It's really to record and then listen it straight straight afterwards. Because if you let sometimes, for example, a very interesting example when I record an album. If I if I listen to it right away. I hate it because I can remember all the struggle I have been through, all the disappointment, all the the sacrifice I have to do because it's an an album and it can't be perfect and you have to accept stuff like that. And it's, I am very judge, judgeful. I don't know how to say judgmental. Judgmental, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then if I went fresh, it's too fresh. It's too fresh, precisely. And if I went three, four, five months, then suddenly I listen to it again. I'm like, oh, this is not that bad. Actually, I I thought it was worse. So the best way of really building the, the, the knowing of your voice at the beginning, at least, is to do it right away because you have some very fresh sensation. So if you had a mm-hmm. very good sensation on stage, then you know when you're listening to you, you can really say, okay, this is my voice when I'm feeling good. Ah, this is my voice when I'm feeling bad. And then the more and more you practice, the feeling good and feeling bad, it's not such a big difference in your voice. Right. It's more an intime difference. That is why now... I don't need to listen to myself right away because actually I deep down I know precisely how it sounds because I have done it so much. So right. now in my case it's better to wait a little bit because otherwise it's too I'm too harsh about myself. Yeah. So it's uh but it's interesting how 
spontaneous and natural at the beginning when you are a child, singing and taking pleasure out of it. It's such a natural and easy, easy way, mm-hmm. easy. And then when you grew up, it's, it's becoming more an education. And of course, there are, I, I know some singers, they just, for them, singing is just poor joy and it's just poor pleasure and it's just the most beautiful thing on earth, which is, it is. But for me, singing has been real hard work and I have been, it's have been the, we say in, in French, les montagnes russes, the Russian mountain. I don't know how you say that. <laughs> the Russian mountain. No, the Russian Russian. Russian mountain. Ah. The montagne russe. It's been really like up and down, up and down, up yeah. and down. Yeah. And so I don't have any more this easy and peaceful relationship with my voice as I had as a child. But I remember this when I was a child and I know this is my core. And when I am doubting, I'm always referring to this feeling in my body, in my heart, when I was a child and when I knew you have a voice and you you can tell something with your voice. Well, it's a whole different side to it, isn't it? It's like, you know, as a, as a kid, it's just pure joy. You're doing it because you love mm-hmm. it. It feels good. And it's like, and then when it's your profession and when you have yeah. ambition and you want to go further and further and further, it's more and more and more work. Like you said before, like it's, when you're getting into a character, it's like you put your heart and soul and you have frustrating Mm -hmm. moments. And then the payoff is when you're on stage and it's, and you can, and you know, you get applause and uh, affirmation that you have, have put this work in and that you perform the piece. But it's also a little bit, a little bit sad on the other side of it, because it's Mm -hmm. like, do you ever go and just, and wish that you could just, sing just for the pure joy do you ever have that feeling you know without having to remember back to when you were a kid mm-hmm. or um yeah do you ever do well, you ever you know feel like that yeah. actually i work on it i i'm it's it's funny to say i'm working to have only pleasure without singing but no what i mean with i am working on taking out the serious seriousness of mm-hmm. what is the profession and trying more and more to stop answering to demands, uh, outside demands, because this is what is putting pressure, is when you feel you have to be at a certain level to satisfy certain pe- person who, who gave you this role or, mm-hmm. or who gave you this opportunity, and then more and more you get the pressure, but it's an outside pressure, and this comes because you are looking at your own life with too much serious it's too heavy so if you try to take the serious away doesn't mean to do that like don't you i don't care this is not important this is a completely other theme serious it it can be light and super important it's it doesn't it's not in contradiction so i'm really trying today when i feel sometimes completely lost i feel i'm drawing uh, i am uh i'm je me noir I am, um, yeah, I'm feeling lost and I feel I don't have the, 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 the possibility of giving my best. Then I really try to sit, to breathe and to really tell myself it's, it's less weight that what you are 
putting on yourself. Don't the weight think, is yeah. not existing. You are putting your own, you are making yourself heavier than what it is. Right. And then your chest feel, you feel more light. And again, you can, you can be passionate. You can be in hundred percent in what you do. You can, you can give your soul, but you, you can do that with the lightness and the joyfulness that a child has. And when a child play a game, it's actually, he thinks it's reality. It's not, he's not just playing a game to have fun. It's just, it's really true. But there is no um, pressure. There is not yeah. uh, something you have to answer to. And of course, when you get older and when you are an adult, you have some responsibility. This is, this is true. And I feel I have, like I told you, I have the responsibility to put into my work all my intelligence, to give into my work my whole intelligence and to become more and more open to question, to complexity, to questioning myself, to doubting. And those kind of questions are really important. And this is also, um, this is the, the responsibility I take. But I don't want to feel that I... I need to be a certain person and that I need to answer to demands because otherwise I don't do this. I don't do this job for me. And actually, even if there are public and even if there are critics and stuff and people like that is not stuff there is and people like that, you have to keep your intimate relation with what you do and your right. own relation. And this helps. Actually, when I have this intimate relation with my singing and when I really listen to myself from the inside and when I stop to try to think how it sounds, what does the public, what, what, how can, can my voice be judged at this moment? When I try to stop to, to listen to this voice, to mm -hmm. this outside voice and to stay with myself, then I can have so much pleasure on stage a lot. Yeah. Well, it all comes down to trusting yourself, right? You know, yes, trusting and and having a kind of a faith toward yourself, right? Because you know, you know, like the, the version of you that just doesn't care about what you're doing, or will just be relaxed and uh, you know, just like oh, that doesn't work hard. That person doesn't exist, no. <laughs> as, as far as I can see. Actually. But, right <laughs> yeah that person isn't a person so you have to know that i do this thing i work very hard and i know that someone's asking me to do this important performance or whatever because they know that i am this person and Precisely. i'm not going to put the pressure on like i don't want to let this person down because they know i can do it you know they know that you can do the performance you just have to do what you do and work hard and then perform and that's it and, and yeah precisely and you it's as easy as this, that it's actually as easy <laughs> as that you just really it was a perfect resume I, i'm very impressed because it's it's so true what you just said but it's so difficult to trust that when there is a demand from the outside for example i have this crazy things coming this summer i'm going to sing strauss salome this is one of the biggest role in the repertoire it's really it's not especially long but the orchestra is massive mm -hmm. it's really considered like a 
you know, sometimes a more mature role to give, even if Salome is only 16 years old in the story, it's always given to much more mature voice than my voice. So I have a lot of pressure, of course, because first of all, there is comparison. People are going to compare me with uh, Nina Stem, uh, Jesse Norman, people like that who sang the role. I and, love Jesse um, Norman. Me too, me too. I, I, no, but it's, it's a very exciting to be to sing the same role that she have sung. But of course, I'm going to do it with my voice. I've, but I have a story about Je- about Jesse Norman after after you're done. But I, okay, uh, let yeah. let's remember about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And then it's it's just to have me to to that I need to because we were speaking about it's as easy to trust that if people are are asking you to do something is that because they are trusting you. So then you also need to trust yourself. It's as easy as that. But sometimes you feel that you need to prove that they were right to asking you. And when you want to prove you are screwed. It's, <laughs> it's as simple as that. Because well, you want to deliver. You, not- you care. You care so much about you don't want to let anyone down. You know, of course. Yes, but then you, the pressure is too high and mm-hmm. the 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 you are too concentrated about the outside and then you are pushing and there are so many negative things that comes out about wanting to prove and it's actually on stage is to be it's not to prove it's right. not to show it's to be mm-hmm. and this only this two little words to be is really difficult because you need you need to do a lot of of cleaning in your own head. <laughs> That's true, because everyone gets in their own head and in their own yeah. thoughts. And the, the second, you know, when I'm on stage, if if something happens that like, you know, it, it, I, I I perform in a lot different environment than, than you mm-hmm. do. So if, if something is distracting or if someone makes a mistake or if something, it's it's really important to have a short memory and and to <laughs> just and just push forward, you know, just yeah. remember going like, forward. I always. got this like keep keep going forward just trust in yourself that you know what you're doing that you can that you can do this and that you know you trust yourself and the other people wouldn't have asked you to do it if they didn't trust that you could do it mm. you know and that um, that is also why you need to work so much before because on stage exactly. is not the moment where you work the moment you work it's before on stage you just deliver what is written in enfin, what has been um deposé like inter- ah, internalize, internalize. Yeah, internalize with all this work and you just trust. you. But if you haven't given the work before and if, if you haven't respect the piece you are playing or sing, singing, then stage can be a, a very dangerous place because <laughs> yeah. then you you haven't you haven't been trustful. Yeah, you haven't respect enough yourself. And then on stage, it can be it can be hard. But you had a good story with Justin Norman. We have to remember. Yes, yeah, so... Yeah. And it's interesting <laughs> before that. It's interesting because when I was uh I went to school for music and and when I would go to my private lessons um if I hadn't if I had too much homework or something, if I hadn't worked on or or really got down the thing I was supposed to get down for the next lesson, man, going to that lesson would be mm. the scariest. <laughs> the I know. Scariest I know this feeling so It's much. the worst feeling like when you don't have it and you know you're supposed <sighs> to you were supposed to do this thing and you show up and you're like, "I can't do this yet." Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. is the worst feeling in it's the horrible. world, showing up without your homework or sh- you know, that yeah. is it's, that's a bad feeling. 
And if and if you're if someone listening is a person that shows up without their homework or doesn't do the work and doesn't care, you have a you have a serious problem. <laughs> then it's then you you choose the wrong profession. Sorry, but it's you, it's impossible. Yes, yeah. you, you chose the wrong profession, or but that kind of behavior leaks into all aspects of your life. So you need to actually, like, it's true. Yeah, you need so to you, rethink everything. <laughs> right, you need to like really sit down and reevaluate what's going on. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Jesse Norman. So I took when I was and this, you know, this podcast isn't about me, but anyway, um, I I took vocal lessons from uh, a baritone who was a professor at uh, the state university. This was after I got out of high school, which would have been I, I don't, like primary, not primary school, high school. You have high school there, right? Just uh, yes. yeah, before college, before university. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So we after that, my choir teacher um who is a you know fantastic organist and everything he really wanted me to take vocal lessons and go to college for for voice and Mm -hmm. because we would perform you know we we did a lot of latin stuff and italian stuff and all that and um i went and took a few lessons and i really enjoyed it and one of the songs that that renee had me perform was v melodian which which was Mm -hmm. uh and he gave me the C, the Jesse Norman CD, and I would play it in his, in where I would t- at his house where I would take the lessons, and you know he would play piano along with me, and and then I listened to the CD. I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? This is this is crazy. <laughs> like, someone can actually sound like that, you know? Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it, and. um you know that that particular song i would try so hard obviously you know i'm a i'm a tenor but um and probably more of a baritone now but um mm-hmm. it was it was a really it was really illuminating when i took those lessons really uh you know he gave me the 24 italian aria the book of the 24 italian yeah. arias which which i still will pull out the book and and try to sing i'll play you know i'll putter along on the piano but i'm not a pianist i play guitar i sing i play drums and stuff <laughs> uh but i really have this passion for for opera singing because it's so it's it's like outrageous isn't the right word but it's it's so beyond yeah. other people's capabilities and and like you said, like the connection to the music and how and how literal the translations are um, is is just so interesting to me, you know. And then and having that Jesse Norman CD really, really uh, opened up a whole new yeah. world to me, you know. I, I had that with Callas okay. when I discovered Maria Callas, but not as a child. Again, Callas as a child. I thought the voice was not pretty enough or not easy enough. I had a, I had much more pleasure listening to René Fleming or Nathalie Dusset. Uh, I Those kind of singers spoke to me as a child way more uh, easier, but mm-hmm. um, easily. But then when I started really to study singing, so when I was 17 years old, as a professional, you know, not, not as a child because I sung my whole life, but First of all, as a child in chorus, and then when I was 16, I really stopped the chorus because I knew I had to stop at some point, otherwise my voice is going to be too um, too much um, uh, formatted, formatted. Do you say that in English? No. It's, oh yeah, um, yeah. So so like yeah, it's too narrow too basically. 
yes, precisely. So I needed to actually accept my more uh, a, a woman voice. It, that, that was so when I was 16, I really took the choice of stopping chorus and starting to work on my voice on a more professional level. And at when you were, moment, when you were 16, 16? 16, I waited. So oh. at 16, I took the decision of stopping chorus. And when and then at, when I was 17, I started private lesson. That's and, a very, um, that's a very like grown up decision to make as a 16 year old. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> it, this whole thing, it's like, you know, you're, it's obvious that you're, you just knew like, people that know exactly what they're going to do and they're like, they, they have this very clear path, you know, some, for some people it's doctors, some people it's accountants for you. It's being a, uh, an opera singer. It's it's like, opera singer. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's amazing. It's like, all right, I'm 16. These clowns in <laughs> chorus are ruining my voice. So I am going to quit <laughs> and, and go make myself better. It's like, nobody does that. Yeah, that's, ama- so, that's amazing. Yeah. So you, there was, there, yeah, I gave all the chance on my side to, to be able to be an opera singer. And so when I started to study some arias and some songs, and when I had the, the I, so when I, I learned the score, and then I always listened to all, all interpretation out there recorded. So that was really, it was the most fun game to play for me. It was to have a song and just take all the interpretation and do a top three of everything. I had to sing so I knew who to listen to. And somehow, Kales, when it was Naya she sang, she was always number one. But I couldn't explain why because I didn't decide it. You know, I didn't choose. It has to be Kales. But she was. And I was, my goodness, this is so weird how this woman has a way of interpreting. Again, mm-hmm. it's an interpretation question. It's not only about the voice. It's a whole something. It's a whole right. And then I really started to analyze and to try to understand why is she woman, this woman touching me so much. And, um, and she really, she is, she is my, you know, when I am, yeah, when I, when I need some help about uh, uh, knowing how to sing a role and stuff like that, when I see she sung it, I really, really um, use her as a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's 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 important for anyone to to have a role model to go back to yeah. and 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 ground yourself to and and uh, have a kind of starting point again. Even if if you're like yourself, I'm sure everyone as they're growing as a professional yes, or whatever yes. and whatever, you have moments of of doubt and and where you feel stuck, you you plateau. Yes. Um, do you still feel that way uh, at all, or or you just of course. Yeah. Oh no, and you know, I just actually I changed singing my singing teacher for some months, and this was a big. It's a big deal because I, I did ten years, even more ten than ten years with my previous teacher, and he was based, and I really learned a lot with him. But I felt now I need to see someone else, and you know, going away from a teacher, finding a new way. It's it's a new one. It's putting yourself out there in the danger of judgment because right. when you are always seeing the same teacher you are protected in your own little bubble and it's good also i feel it's an important feeling to have you know to feel safe yeah. in the in the comfortable environment uh, um, environment but uh, it was also important for me to yeah, to 
jump in the world out there and to be confront uh, to have a confrontation with another other judgment. And yeah. um, and of course, this new teacher. Uh, I had I had a bunch of things to learn, and uh, the transition. I really I felt at one point, oh my god, I have lost five years of my life. I am I am too late with this and this and this, and I don't really? know how to sing this and this. And I had really a very very big uh, um, wake up call. Uh, yes, and and in some weeks I really felt I am. I'm never going to be able to learn all this at the age of 30 years old because I'm now, I just turned 30. I've just, I turned 30 for some months ago <laughs> and, uh, and I really felt, oh my goodness, this is not the level I was expecting me to have when I was imagining, you know, when I was 20, I really thought when I was 30, you will be done. You have learned everything and you can go like on the high road and you'll be you the greatest be ever and it, the greatest yeah. ever. And I, just, and now I really have the disillusion of that because I feel, Oh my God, I still have so much to learn yeah. and I still feel stuck sometimes, but sometimes I really also feel, Oh, this Aya who was so difficult three years ago now become easier, not easy, but easier. And this feeling, ah, oh, it's so good. It's really, it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> it is the best when you can do something that you once couldn't do. That, that's, yes, that's, a really great, great. that's a really great yeah. feeling. When something clicks, uh, mm. that's fantastic. And, you know, what are you going to do with all those, the rest of the years you have left? You got to keep learning. You know, what are you going to do? I got to keep learning. You're only 30. You're only 30. Yes. I feel the same way. Like, I, I think we all, we all get like that. We all get, um, we think that, you know, we see our friends around us, we see our colleagues, we see whatever, um, you know, maybe someone that's younger than us that is excelling and you're like, oh my God, I'm, thir I'm 30, what am I going to do? And I feel that way too. I'm 34 and, um, you know, I, there's a lot of younger people in, in, in our line of work and, and it's, it's just, uh, it's always a challenge. But I feel like those people push us to continue to learn and be better and try to be better than them, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and actually everyone has his own path and his own rhythm. And right, right. I have really accepted that today because somehow when I was a student, when I was 19, 20, 21, my purpose was to be the fastest, to be, to be, to be the, 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 you know, I am tough. I am, I can do this. I have the, the willing of being the best and this is going to bring me high. So I really had, it was not with aggressivity. I have never been aggressive and I, I was going to say, what are you fighting people? No, no, not at, all. <laughs> not at all. It was what I'm seeing, saying is only things toward myself. It right. Was so never I, I'm going to work the heart harder than everyone else. And hardest be the possible. Yeah. Yes. And actually I was lucky enough that I am not, I was not, and I am not a jealous person and I am not, I am competitive. This is something different than jealous. So I am competitive. And when I have someone that gives me something that I feel, ooh, I will need to, hard, to work hard to have the same level, then I do it. So I had this yeah. competitivity in myself. But so this is also something that have given me the possibility of winning competitions because you need to be competitive to <laughs> win competitions. Right. It sounds stupid, but it's, it's an important part of your personality. And right, some right. people, doesn't, they don't have this part. So I had it and um, I really, I had pleasure 
of pushing myself really hard, really taking risks, going into the edge. And today I really feel that I don't want to have this rhythm anymore. And I want to have a more stable, but respectful and, you know, be kind toward myself and not pushing always. So since two years, I have accepted of having a more quiet rhythm with myself, with what I am doing, giving space to breathe. So when I am singing Salome's this summer, I really took nearly a whole month before just for me to, to, to have the role really in my body, to really be calm, not having, you know, 15 concerts and be having a tour and being tired and stuff like that. And I really gave the possibility for myself to be calm before starting this big, big challenge. This is something I will have never, have never done 10 mm. years ago. So it's also about you have to respect your own rhythm. When you want to go fast, go fast. When you want to go slow, go slow. If you want to turn right or turn left, do the... It, it, people have to inspire you, inspire you. I think it's very good to be inspired by, the, by some artists, by painters, writers, or by, by um, a philosophy and everything. You have to take inspiration from everywhere but not compare yourself and not try to imitate if it doesn't fit with yourself. Right. So this, yeah, it's important to never stop exploring. It's, it's funny. It's funny to, it's like, it's something about turning 30 because (laughs) I am all, it's maturity. (laughs) It's so stupid. Um, it's something, it is something about it. Cause like, I am also a very competitive person to like a detriment, um, and I also had to tell myself, you just need to settle down, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but as far as like being competitive with your, with yourself and I just think of it as like, okay, I'm not going to compare myself to other people because that doesn't really help me, mm-hmm. uh, in, in any kind of way other than making me feel bad about myself. Cause there's always yes. going to be someone out there that's really really great and doing something and you and you have to turn that um not i guess not jealous energy it's a little bit it's a little bit of that but it's you have to turn that into praise you have to you have to be happy for people that are doing well and also just get yourself a little bit better every day you know yes. whether whether you have to work on something new or whether it's struggling with your own whatever is in your head or, or, you know, something is just like, you just take yourself and you try to make yourself better every day, make yes. a, write down a list and try to cross everything off. And, <laughs> and that's all that you can do. Um, man, that's incredible. Hey, uh, before, you know, we're at an hour now, but, um, before we go, I just wanted to know how COVID has affect, uh, affected opera mm-hmm. and your performing schedule and, and what it's like over there. Uh, for you with that well actually i am able to do this um, podcast with you because one of the show i was singing in has been cancelled because of covid so you see brussels yes brussels just cancelled the whole month and they closed the theaters and so and i was in brussels so that was just not the place to be at this moment because it seems to be everywhere is holding and open but so um, yeah. I'm, I'm still feeling the affectation of COVID. Um, it has been different, actually, those two years. 
the first lockdown when I I I, I was in the middle of Cosi Fan Tutte in in Berlin, doing my debut in Fiordiligi, and um, this was a shock because suddenly there was the there was there was the total unknown about when are we going to start, how long is this going to to be? So suddenly I really felt someone took my identity away. It was a, a it was a real struggle, mm-hmm. but. I started actually to do something completely else, going out, listening to the birds. I got a completely patient passion about this, really recognizing the singing of birds. How does a, a robin sound or how does a, I don't know, I don't know the bird's name. I mean, I just know robin. <laughs> I don't know the <laughs> other name, but uh, anyway, I really love to do that and to take pictures. So actually, I under, I accepted that my singing life was on pause and I shouldn't get frustrated. I was lucky enough that my career was advanced enough so that will not ruin my career. It was right. also, I was also lucky that I had some money spared. I was also lucky that I had still contracts for in two, three, four years. So I was on the safe place. It was just an unknown place, but I still feel, felt safe. Yeah. So it was. It was. This. This means a lot, and I, I am really have a lot of compassion for young singer who were starting their career precisely at this moment because this can be a true. Um, because people have a short memory, so if you haven't showed yourself enough, even if you were very good and if you were very talented and and um, you know the new star coming. If you if you are shutting down in your rising to be a a, a, a great singer is it's a it's a hard step to to live. Yeah. So um, and then actually, I was actually also very lucky that I had a lot of rehearsals. So a lot of shows were cancelled. I didn't nearly sing a whole year on stage, but I was rehearsing. So I wasn't at home, you know. Uh, in my head, having bad thoughts and being spare in my home, in my own home. I was actually rehearsing. I was learning new things, and so this kept me, even if without singing on stage, it kept me, uh, you know, uh, in movement. And it made even those two years when I didn't have a lot to perform. I still have a lot to, I still had a lot to, to work on. And this was a nice feeling. And I still had the chance also to do my debut in the Salzburg Festival, who is a very important festival here in Europe. So it's, it, you know, even if it was a sad period, I still had some very bright and positive moment. In it. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people, uh, especially a lot of like artist types found, found, some other way some other outlet to to you know cope basically yes. with two years uh, yeah mm-hmm. two years of of uh all this stuff going on i yes. i myself you know i didn't go out and listen to birds but i got really into photography as well so yes. i i started doing that and uh doing a lot of live streaming stuff and with the podcast and all that so um but yeah there was definitely some moments where i was like man Am I ever going to get yes. back and play again? Yeah, but, you know. was it the, the second lo- lockdown and then the third lockdown. The third lockdown for us, in, if I, for me, that was really okay. No man, that's that's enough. Now it's enough. Enough. I, yeah. I, I really got 
this was the 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 move too much and then now brussels but this is not a, a lockdown it's just a bad it's that's a bad coincidence of me being in the country where they needed to close the theater so right. i hope now we are going out of it and that i can trust my future contracts to be real and true you know right, to that right. them to happen <laughs> yeah i feel like things things were a lot more strict over over there for you guys i mean we had lockdowns in the very beginning um in march of 2020 that's when everything just kind of shut down um and then it lasted for a little while but we're right. we're all Americans are we're stubborn and we're just like, no, we're not going to do this anymore. <laughs> um, so we just, uh, it, we've had, you know, periods where it gets, you know, the numbers spike and it gets bad again and then things get canceled and then they come back and then it gets canceled and then it comes back. So it's like right, right now we're just after a period of it's getting better now after the Omicron spike and all that. Um, yeah. but which I actually got COVID a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I, I don't know if I got it. I, I haven't have any symptoms, so I have no clue, but that's good. I'm asking myself, that is quite weird that I haven't got it at all. And I have been rehearsing the whole time. So it's very weird, but I traveled, no. <laughs> I traveled around the entire United States this past fall doing touring and, and playing concerts and everything around yeah. thousands and thousands of people. And I didn't get sick once. And then I come home <laughs> and my son goes to daycare. I pick him up. He was had snots coming down his nose. And I was like, hmm, something's, something's wrong here. And then, of course, like two days later, I'm like, <laughs> you know, um, got tested. Of course, I had it. And then I gave it to my wife and it was terrible. Oh, but um, but we're all fine now. But uh, yeah. it's uh, it's a crazy time. It's a crazy time we're living in. Yeah. But Elsa, this was really a pleasure. Thank you so Ma'am, much. The same. I hope my English was good enough. I'm sorry for my accent and everything. I, I thought you I'm, were like call, calling in from California or something. My English <laughs> is perfect. It's better than mine half the time. Not at all. Not at all. Well, but it's very cute to say thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, abso- absolutely. Um, thanks so much and enjoy. It. And it's what... Uh, uh six seven six yeah it's six i'm going to do a yoga session now with myself just to yeah some yoga just i am very bad i just do it just for my pleasure yeah (laughs) me too i'm gonna i'm gonna go do a bunch of yoga right now too yeah exactly (laughs) yeah i think we're about to we're about to get a lot of snow um yeah i live i live in jamestown rhode island it's an island um Mm -hmm. And uh, and if if the snow gets really bad, they shut down the there bridges, is. so we can't go anywhere. Wow. So we're stuck so on the island. So you are going to be stuck on your island. In yeah, which is which is fine with me. <laughs> 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 I got my guitars. I got my drums. Oh, like, nice. you know, I'll have my son Good. to go make make a uh, snowman with, which will be fun. Um, nice. But yeah, it'll be great. But this was such a pleasure. Okay. I hope yeah, you enjoy you the too. rest of your night. Thank you. Thank you very much. And that's it. That's the show. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. You can always email into the show at afterthegigpod at gmail.com and check out all the stuff uh, that is After the Gig. Thanks for listening, and I will see you next week.